In today's episode, we meet Pete Hawkins, a powerful lover of Jesus and an equipper of men to move in the same things that Jesus moved in, healing, evangelism, casting out devils, raising the dead. All of this is a part of Pete's life as a man who walks in meekness, but in power. Pete's from the United Kingdom. The Firestorm podcast is expanding. He is our man in the UK, and he'll share what it's like to do street evangelism, power evangelism in a place like England. I'll give you a hint. It's different than in America. Good evening, my friends. It is an exciting show. Every show is exciting for us. But, hey, I'm telling you, this is especially exciting because we are coming to you live right now from across the pond. This is our first international show. I am in the United Kingdom, a little bit outside of London, and I will be here for a week speaking at a few churches and equipping some folks. And it gave me an awesome opportunity to connect with a dear friend that I met several years ago on an equipping conference when I was over here doing the same thing in 2018. So my guest tonight is our first international guest, Pete Hawkins. <laughs> good evening, or oh, good afternoon, sorry. I forget the time. We're here in the UK, and it's half 10 at night, so... That means 10.30 p.m. in the UK, <laughs> and uh, back in the East Coast, we're uh, about five hours ahead of you right now. So yeah, it's an exciting time. We are branching out. We are truly across the pond. So Pete, thanks for being with us, coming to you from... Your very nice and very well-equipped bedroom <laughs> studio in Aldershot, UK. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, I would love for you, so the, the real ethos, Pete, of the Firestorm broadcast, which I know you're familiar with, is we want to equip yep. regular believers, listeners right now that are tuning in, to move in a fullness and a level of love relationship with Jesus that compels them to be his hands and feet, yeah. to be his love to people every day, everywhere they go, mm -hmm. just very naturally and organically, um, not as an outreach, not as organized, but just to truly know that we're carriers of his presence. Yeah. So everywhere we go, he goes. Yeah. And everything that we do, he is part of, if we welcome him yeah. into. So, Pete, I would love to hear just kind of what God's done with you, because I think your history with the Lord of what he's done in activating you yeah. and what you're doing here in the UK, which is so th just really impressive and thrilling will be a prov provocation to our listeners. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, I met Scott back in 2018 at an equipping conference over here in London. And it was, I've got to be fair. I, first of all, when I went to this conference, I was like, what really does God want me to do? And I kind of, really struggled initially we had some opportunities to go out into the town two or three times a day and the conference was over three days and i've been out the first day and i'm like yeah i kept having a god saying look you know you're in the right place you you know god god gave me a few signs that i needed to kind of encourage me which was some signs from home uh, that kind of gave me some memories of home where i feel comfortable but i still didn't quite get the idea of um witnessing to people i felt it was something like i needed to preach a bible verse or, or or look into their lives or whatever it was but i just didn't get it and uh every day they offered an opportunity to kind of speak with um the confident people and uh every time i kind of went up to the front i missed all the confident people <laughs> so i was sitting there waiting almost 
like a coiled spring, ready to go. So as soon as somebody said, right, if you want to see a confident one, I was straight down the front at that point. And I was looking across and I'm trying to find um, a confident person I felt that I could stand alongside. And there was this face of this of this this man in a beard. I look across and he calls me across and I and I went and joined him. And that was Scott. That was me. Yeah. And yeah. and I think what we should kind of define for our listeners is, you know, so what we're trying to get people to move in yeah. is what we call love in action. Um, it's what my wife calls training people to be eager to love. Oh, yeah. Which means when we say we go out, we just do life. We yeah. had a couple of meal breaks yeah. and my position on the team, and there were about 40 of us from America that came here to the UK to activate the uh, the British church, yep. my seat on the bus, so to speak, was to be a confident one yep. and take out small groups, and they weren't that small. I mean, I had a group of a dozen once. I mean, I remember being with you. There was a lot of people. And during our meal breaks, we would just go eat, do life, go to the yep. grocery store, go to the coffee shop, have yep. a sandwich, whatever. Yep. But the key was, the great goal was try to pray for one person, a stranger, organically in your day. Mm. And that was very different for you. Yeah, Am I, I correct? Absolutely. I mean, it was, I was stretching myself to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Um uh, just to go kind of give you a backstory, I'm a, disa- a disabled guy, and and I I'm not the most I'm, I am a DJ, but I'm not the most confident man in the world, and to do uh, the kind of this activation was just completely out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. The fear that was in my head mm-hmm. was immense. I mean, you know, I was I was nervous about speaking to someone because I thought they were going to like breathe fire over me or something, you know, like or or just cuss me or whatever it might be and it was quite the opposite when i first spoke to people yeah it was just the absolute opposite you know they were oh please yeah by all means pray for me or or yeah i found that as soon as i showed someone some compassion Mm -hmm. uh an interest in them i found that the door just almost just opened up. When I was in London, as opposed to my hometown where I am here now, it was much easier because I didn't know the people. Right. And everyone I spoke to, I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to see you again, so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So then I built built up that confidence. But because of the building up of that confidence of speaking with individuals, absolute strangers, if anything... That gave me confidence. When you came home. When I came home, because I suddenly felt, well, I can speak to a stranger, so why can't I speak to Joe Bloggs or Fred down the road or my next-door neighbour? Because if I can speak to a stranger, I can speak to anyone. You know, I think it's really interesting because a lot of our listeners are very much like you, Pete. You had walked with the Lord for a long time. You have a vibrant prayer life. You love the Lord. Mm -hmm. You're committed to Him. You're active in church. You're serving. All the things that... I would say the vast majority of my listeners right now yep. were just like you. Yep. However, if there was a gap for you, and yep. I think a gap for a lot of our listeners, are they really had never seen a vision or been yeah. equipped or trained mm-hmm. in how to gently and organically, I say, and yep. naturally mm-hmm. communicate the love of the Lord to people in the world, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of negative examples. Absolutely. We've all seen the negative examples that are 
off-putting and nerve-wracking and just it feels wrong. Yeah. And then, but I haven't seen a lot of good examples. Yeah. Can you describe what a good example, maybe what the approach when you yep. go to a, you know, you're in the line at a Tesco, yep. which is a small grocery store yep. here. Yep. And then the beautiful thing, folks, is that I met Pete on day one. Yep which was a couple years ago. And now the end of the story is you are so activated and what the Lord is doing with you. He came home from that equipping conference where we worked together and actually started a local revivalist group that has just expanded in multiple towns all around this area. And what the Lord did with you, you're now doing with dozens of other people. So this is not for the elite. No. This is for just people who have yep. a heart. Yep. I'm not I'm not a, a pastor or anything like that in a church. I'm just an average Joe who goes to church as a churchgoer. And from from the um the time in London, I just come back and I just was trying to find ways of how I can engage with others. Now, the first time I come back from uh, London, um, from this equipping conference, I tried to do it all on my own, and it was really, really hard. And uh, Scott gave me an opportunity to come to Virginia Beach, where I went on another equipping com- conference. But this time, as opposed to being the trainee, I was now the confident one. And I suddenly realised while I was there as a confident one that I can't do this on my own. In the sense of, yes, I can go and minister to people as an individual. But to have a team of people with you gives you a new level of confidence. So if anything, I would say to anyone that's sitting there listening now, you don't need to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Right? There are people out there, especially in Virginia Beach, that are already doing it. And if you can come alongside those people, you're going to have a real opportunity to learn and build that confidence up. And then through that, that's where all the value revival come about where I suddenly went now I feel confident and I have a team of four or five people with me I can now create my own equipping conferences yeah where I can now encourage others from other churches to go out and minister right and that's where all the value revival comes from all the value revival is um is a group of counties that are kind of all linked near each other which is hampshire surrey and berkshire and we have churches spread around all of those counties and we meet regularly as a group but individually they also minister Mm -hmm. and then i get testimonies through various messages uh, and facebook groups and stuff like that and i've seen transformation in individuals within churches which is for me I, i i never imagined because they they started to work together rather than as individuals because i think if you do work as an individual you're going to quickly find that it's almost failing because you're not having that support yeah, we're built for community yeah, exactly and that's for me was something that was really encouraging yeah yeah and i'm just so proud of you too <laughs> from from meeting you on day one yeah where what do we do we go to a mall do yeah. i take you to a mall yeah yeah we're tied at king's cross okay shopping center yeah and i remember we had a group of uh I feel like there was like six or seven. Yeah, of there us. was six of us. Okay, and so Pete, if you could talk about the uniqueness of doing love in action, yep. uh, engaging strangers yep. in the UK, yep. 
and some of the challenges with yeah. that, yeah. I feel like it's going to strike a chord with our listeners yeah. Yeah. because there are some unique cultural hindrances, I would say. You know, we're from Virginia and, you know, the East Coast and the Bible Belt. And, and honestly, most people are open to things of the Lord. They Absolutely. might not be open to talking to a stranger in Starbucks, mm-hmm. but they're not instantly offended if you talk about things of jesus however in the uk it's very different story it's very different so yeah yeah. Uh, certainly the the english kind of ethos is you kind of just get on with it you know you just deal with it you push everything under the carpet and you just don't talk to people about it you know you just literally Right. No, 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 no. You don't need to know about that. Whatever problems yeah, you're having, yeah. stiff upper lip. Yeah, it's very much that. And it's kind of come from the wartime. Um, you know, like you just, oh, well, house has just been blown up. Oh, well, we'll have a cup of tea and we'll go and move down the road kind of thing. That's, And they yeah. just get on with the next thing. Whereas they never actually get to deal with anything. And I've I've noticed, especially in my town, that it takes a while to get through to the people I minister to. Okay. So I might first of all go, hi, how are you doing? And they go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. I go, okay, excellent. Can I just thank the Lord that you're having a great day then? So that's your that's your intro. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be just like, how are you doing? You know? Um, and they go, yeah, I'm fine. And I generally don't even mention I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I just say, hi, I'm just interested in how your day's going. And generally that's where the conversation starts. And then I find... I can naturally just say, right, so so how's the family? You know, have you got kids? Yeah. Um, are you married? And just over that small window, I find that they build a bit of trust in me and they go, okay. And they'll openly talk about their job and it will be very um, highbrow, if you get what I mean. They're, so if you were looking, you'd be looking in on the relationship. You won't know the details. Okay. So they'll kind of give you an overview. So then I, my then in is, oh, well, can I just pray into that, that either you, your family are well or you're good in your job? Or if or if it was, um, oh, I've had a really bad day at work. All right, can I pray into your day at work that now, from now, it's going to get better? Yeah. And that's it. And that's kind of all I do. And they receive that? Yep, they and receive. And you pray right then, right there? Right there, right in front of them. Because I do get the kind of like... Yeah, of course you can pray, and they, they start walking, and they, they go, think oh. you're going to go home and go <laughs> to the closet or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I would say that's what I used to do. I used to go, okay, I'll go home and I'll pray for you. But actually, then you've missed that moment. You don't pray for them when you get home because suddenly, you know, you've got home and the, the kitchen's on fire or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, and you suddenly go, oh, hold on, I'm going to pray for that. And, and your wife goes, no, 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 you need to put the fire out in the kitchen. Yeah, You know, so so you don't do it. Or from the person you're praying's point of view, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to get him. He's going to forget about it. Or they're not going to receive what you pray into. Right. So I generally go, yeah, can I pray now? And they go, what, now? Yeah, they always say, what, now? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just kind of a pro tip on that, I love the way that you're explaining that. For me, when I do that, and um, in the exact same situation, hey, can I just pray into that? And, you know, who's going to say no? Most yep. people always say yes. And I say, oh, well, well, let me just do it right now real quick so you yeah. know that I did it. Yeah, yeah. I've never had anybody have an attitude. No, let me no. just do that right now real quick. It'll be quick so you know that yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah. And they receive it, yeah. right? But also, you don't need to go into a long-winded prayer. You don't need to say, oh, I pray that this wind will Amen. change and the sun will come down on a Thursday and, and everything. No, 
just pray basically into what you've spoken about. So if you've spoken about your their family and there may be someone who's sick in the family, literally just pray for that sick person and go, in the name of Jesus, I pray, end of. Yeah, and 10 then seconds. On. And then move on. Because generally, first time of meeting, they haven't got the time to talk to you. They don't. Because yeah. they don't want to talk to you because yeah. they're like, oh, well, thanks, bye. Yeah. So if you're in the afternoon, I could almost guarantee that I see the same people on their lunch break, come into the same shop to buy the same sandwich and so on and so forth. So I always try and find out their name. I find it's really important to know their name because when you pray into it, it makes the prayer personal too. And then when you see them the following day, you go, hi, Sam, how you doing? How's your son or daughter? Or, yeah. you know, if you can keep a prayer journal, also that's really helpful. Um, I'm not saying that you fill it out there and then. I mean, if with, with iPhones and that these days, you can do these notes yeah. where you can just talk into the phone and it gives you a, a voice note. note. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but then but then write a journal because when you start writing that journal, then you will see answers to prayer. Mm. You will see where prayer has been answered. And then that also helps in testimonies, which is something else I'll talk about later on. Yeah. But testimonies are really important. It will build your confidence because one, you'll see where prayer is in, in in action and then it gives you confidence to go ask you know i prayed for sam yesterday and i spoke to him today and his son's better or there's been a change in the situation or whatever it may be yeah yeah it's really thrilling to see you activated man and to see <laughs> the way the lord is just taking you from baby steps when you were very nervous like yeah. everybody is I and mean, i'm telling you nearly a hundred percent of the people that i've done this with yeah. all over the world yeah Everyone is nervous, mm. and uh, and I just really believe that's the that's the attack of the enemy. He yep. comes in fear. Yep. It's that God doesn't give a spirit of fear; He gives a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Absolutely. But the enemy comes in and he projects. I believe he projects his fear onto us, yep. and then comes in as the accuser and Absolutely. accuses it of being our fear. Yep. That fear is actually our enemy's fear yep. Yep. because we are about to destroy his kingdom yep. and he yep. doesn't want that to happen. Yep. When we come in love, when we take an interest yep. in people, and when we pray in Jesus' name, yeah. it's a name above all names, he can do, he's got no game. He can do nothing for that. Yeah. And as Stephen Casey says there, compassion is critical. Yeah. Because if you show you don't care, and you, even to the point of the listening, the listening is absolute key. And then responding to those those words, because sometimes the silence they give is more of a of a time of you listening to God than any other time. Because sometimes the things they don't say is what God's speaking to you about. That's great. Yeah. So I think that's a really good thing just to key in for our listeners that it's the it's the heart of compassion. Yep. That motivates you, yep, yep. right? Not seeing a miracle. I want to no. see somebody get out of the no. wheelchair no. today, or you know, we've seen some cool things. It's not about that. Yep. It's about being motivated by love. And the way you're describing it is, you just take an interest in people. Yeah. And I think a lot of our listeners, you do that already. That that's already your heart. You're yep. already yep. Yep. a kind, loving person. You just haven't really ever tried it with the person behind you in the grocery store. Yeah. But you're saying that that isn't open, that opens the door. Absolutely. And then Holy Spirit gives you yeah. more. And then and then not just that, you'll find that when you have that compassion, I mean, I'm known now in Aldershot as a man who prays in the street. 
that's Pete. He prays for people. You're known as that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'd be walking away from the stall and they'll go, who's that guy? That's Pete. He prays. You know, and that's, that's for me, that's great. And, and, and it's not, oh, that's Pete. He, he does this. He does. It's he prays. It's, that's it. You that's know? an amazing reputation. Yeah, and, I would love to have that. And, and as I say, what happens because the times I go into towns, there's different times of the, in it, different times things happen in the town. But for example, on a Thursday afternoon, they have a market town on in Aldershot, and I make it my purpose to go around all the stalls and pray into their businesses. Everyone, everyone. So, how do you just explain how? What would the intro be, or what would the approach be, and how do you yeah. present yeah. that? Because yeah. this is a really good one yeah. for yeah. our listeners. Yeah. How do you do that? So, I generally walk up to the to the to the stall or shop or wherever it may be, and say, "Hi, I'm Pete. How are you doing? How's your business?" Literally, so, you know, it looks like a great stall you've got here. What is it you do? Blah, blah, blah. And I just find out about what they do. And then I, then I ask them what their business is like. You know, is it flourishing? And then I try to encourage them in what they're doing. So nine times out of ten, on a market stall, they show their wares. So you can see what they make. So if it's a baker, you can see it's food. If it's someone who makes woolly hats you can see their woolly hats so you, you encourage their business and then then i basically say can i give you a quick prayer of blessing over your business so you know like it'd be like lord i just want to pray for your business for your woolly hats that that the warmth comes and really makes them feel warm and they feel really special when they wear them and i hope and i pray for um provision in your life and in your family in the name of jesus amen really as simple as that and then I'll walk away. And then I'll come back the following week and say, hi, Joe, how's the hat business? And I do this every week. And then sometimes you get the odd person will go, could you pray for this? Yeah, Can you pray sure. for that? Mm -hmm. And there's one particular uh, business uh, which I prayed every week for about 16 weeks um, for, for their business. And they're saying, oh, we're just not making the money. And each week they didn't make the money, didn't make the money, didn't make the money. To this, to the to the 16th week, I turned up and they said, Pete, you know, I really appreciate your prayers, but, you know, we're going to have to shut up shop this week. This is our last week. And I said, OK, well, can I continue to pray for you that you're going to have provision elsewhere? And then uh, Sarah said to me, who was the owner, she said, actually, could you pray for my husband? And I said, OK, if you want me to pray for your husband. By all means, I pray for your husband. She says, yeah, because now I'm at home, I'm not going to get any respite because this is my only place I could get respite. Okay, explain what that is for American listeners. Respite basically means her husband was quite seriously ill and her working on this door was her time away from her husband okay. so she could have a bit of a moment to do the stuff she liked doing. Okay. And not having this stall anymore meant she could be at home with her husband all the time. And her husband was seriously ill with Parkinson's. And I kind of had this moment. I'm thinking, I've been praying with you for 15 weeks. And you never mentioned about your husband. And I didn't say it to her, but I just, in my head, I think, man, I could have had 15 weeks to pray into her husband's life. But at that moment, I just went, can I pray for your husband? And she looked at me and said, will you do that? I thought you just prayed for my business. Yeah. And I said, no, I pray for anything. 
And she said, oh, would you? And, and of course, then the prayer was a very different prayer. Because I had built up the trust in her in those 15 weeks, I asked a lot more about her husband at that point, which she shared. She really opened up and she told me a lot about her life and then I had an opportunity to pray into that. Now, of course, I haven't seen her since because obviously her stool's not there anymore. But I would love to know the, you know, where she is now. But there is a time when you suddenly go, you may be praying for 15 weeks and feel like you're getting nowhere. Mm -hmm. But I will honestly say to all you listeners, don't give up. Because there could be that time when that prayer will come out. Yeah. Yeah. And you need and you need to be able to grab it. Because that could save them really yeah and what i love about the way you modeled that pete is that you come in compassion taking an interest it's not high church no. it's not a lot no. of scripture no. or right. anything that's like uniquely religious yeah. in any yeah. way yeah you're just coming in human kindness yeah. yeah and then praying and we're not hiding the ball we pray in jesus name yeah in fact for me a lot of times we'll share a testimony or two about just what we've seen here in the, mm-hmm. in the yeah. last two days but a lot of times I'll just say, hey, you know, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Yeah. Can I just pray a blessing on your business? Yeah. I'll share that. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Yeah. Can I pray a blessing mm-hmm. on you? I've never had anybody tell me no in anger. <laughs> I've had people be like, oh, I'm good. And they just, yeah. you know, kindly brush me off. But I've never one time had an aggressive, angry, you know, hand signals or, yeah. you know, cussing me out ever when I just, I'm forthright. Hey, yeah. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Can I just pray a blessing on yeah. whatever? Yep. Yeah. And we've gone out in the world. I took you out multiple times and we just prayed for people in coffee shops and restaurants and on the street and uh, at malls. Um, and we've seen people saved. We've seen pain go away. Yep. We've seen really cool supernatural things. But really, Pete, why I wanted to have you on the show tonight is because your gentle heart of love is so beautiful and so compelling. I think it can be actually negative when we share some of the more spectacular testimonies that we share on this show. You know, people, honestly, dramatic healings. And, you know, we've seen resurrection. We've seen people get out of wheelchairs. You've heard some of those testimonies, blind eyes open. We've seen that. I think that can be somewhat so spectacular yeah. that the regular listener will just be like, that's not for me. Mm. But what I love about you is that you make praying for people very approachable because you're just coming as a decent man in love in the name of Jesus yeah. and you are seeing him open doors. Yep. And not only that, as you're aware, because you spoke to my uh, vicar yesterday. That's like their senior pastor. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the town I live in, which is a town called Aldershot, is, are you ready for this, the most unchurched town in the whole of the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mo- I'll say that again. The most unchurched town in the whole of the UK. So I'm in a, a town where there is a large multicultural groups from Nepalese to... Afro-Americans to Chinese to, well, right across the board and lots of different denominations as well. Yeah. Um, And, but we have a a thriving church 
not just of the English community, we have a Nepalese church in our church, which we have seen grow as well. So God is at work in yeah. Aldershot. What what I love about this, and I was just speaking to a friend a couple of weeks ago who is, uh, he, he and his wife are in Thailand. They're missionaries over there. This model of regular people activating and praying for folks yep. organically yep. in the public square, we call love in action, is actually taking off the world over. Yep, this is not something just for America, North mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. It's just something in the West. This is stuff that's happening in Thailand. This yep. is happening in Indonesia. This is happening in the persecuted church. This is happening. My friend Robbie does this in the the Muslim world yep. in um, really scary places. <laughs> uh, you're seeing it in the UK. Yep. This seems to be yep. the finger of God yep. over the entire planet right Without now. Doubt. And we just want to call all the regular believers, yep. this sleeping army that's been sitting yep. in the yep. church. Maybe this is you. You've been sitting in the church. You've been doing everything right. You've prayed the prayer of confession to Jesus. You're you're in prayer. You're, pro- you're possibly a worship leader. You're on the intercessory prayer team. You're tithing. You're, you know, staying honorable to your family, your yep. wife, your husband. You know, you're raising your kids the best you can, but there's a part of you that thinks, yeah, is there more? I, I want more of you, Lord. What does that look like? Yep. I'm going to suggest to you that this is the more. Yep. The more is the Lord. We're not waiting on God to do anything. Yep, he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us, right? <laughs> he's waiting on us to step out of our comfort zone in love yep. and be his hands and feet mm-hmm. to people. It's a lifestyle. That's why I look at it, right? It's something that I do every day, right? From the moment I get up, I'm going to go, who am I going to pray for today? Who am I going to pray with? And whose life am I going to change? Every day. Every day. Because we talk to people every day. And I'm sure you talk to people every day. You know, you may talk to your neighbour over a fence. You may talk to the shopkeeper. You may talk to your insurance company on the phone. Mm. I remember I, I, I was phoning up for an insurance renewal, right? And I just said to the lady, I said, you know what? You're doing an amazing job. I said, I don't know what your day's been like, but, you know, you've been an absolute joy to speak to. So I've, I've been speaking to some rotten customers. They've been really rude. I said, well, I'm glad... Now, you're not, you know, you're not in that place. He said, no, you've been the best customer all day. And I say, well, I can tell you this much, right? You have been the best customer service person I've spoken to the whole day today. I said, considering you've had such a bad day, considering that, you know, you didn't know who I was going to be on the end of the phone when I phoned you up, I could have been that miserable customer too. But you have given me time. So I want to give you a bit of time now. And I want to say thank you. And I said, because nine times out of ten, I don't know if it happens in America, but it says all calls will be recorded. Right. right? Yeah, same thing at home. Right? Yeah. So I say, for the bosses that are listening to this recording right now for training purposes, this person is doing an amazing job, and you need to honour that person right now. Yeah. Because in the name of Jesus, she is doing an amazing job, and I want to pray for her right now. And that, that's what I And I want to pray for this company. And then suddenly she goes... This this is amazing. Yeah. You are the best. I don't want to put this phone down because yeah. I don't know. Who, I said, right, I'm going to pray right now. The next person you speak to is going to change your life too. And suddenly she's come from this negative person to this like, I can fight the world now. Do you know what I mean? And that is what it is. It's about showing that tiny bit of love that they generally don't get. 
because you know either their customer before or someone got given the wrong coffee right and it wasn't their fault it's just a coffee that the, the the barista didn't make the right coffee and she yeah. made you know and consequently now it's your fault because yeah. it's a blame culture and the suddenly when you come in with that that joy and that love it suddenly makes things different yeah and it it gives that person lift yeah i mean look at uh we were in a restaurant on sunday afternoon let's share some testimonies what we've seen the lord do yeah. in the last couple of days pete i would love to hear from your perspective and then i also want to get to taking a toll yeah yeah okay? that'd be good and we have about 20 minutes to, <laughs> to really hit all that wow. i know it's exciting right yeah so yeah let's talk about the testimonies we've seen in the last yeah, couple yeah, days yeah. here so uh, a great example was uh we went out to uh, to a meal um on Sunday night, I was treating Scott to a nice uh, Sunday roast, which we couldn't have because they'd run out of meat, didn't they? It's terrible. And uh, we had two two um, waiters. We had Tom and we had Jim. Yes. And we started talking to Tom, who was our first waiter, and just saying, hey, man, you're a good guy. You know, it's, it's lovely to see you know so much about beer. And it, he had this knowledge. It was just incredible. So we just... Built him up. Started with encouraging words. Yep, yep. Tell them what they're doing right. Yep. And just say how great it is. And 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 talk about the smile they have on their face. Mm-hmm. And then generally, they'll tell you what their day's been like. And Tom, do you remember Tom said, ah, oh, my day's been awful today. Yeah. I've had a really good day, and you've just really perked me up. Yeah. And we are great. And we just carried on chatting to him. And he, he was being really positive backwards and forwards. But then... The second way to come up, Jim, mm-hmm. and it's coming towards the end of our meal, and we're chatting with him. And I just wanted to encourage him. I said, "Look, you know, I know, you know, I, do you work here uh, full time, or is are you looking for another job?" He said, "I've just finished college, and I'm looking for a job." So I kind of asked him what he's looking for. He said, "I'm looking for a job in sales." I said, oh, "Do you know what? I think you're really, really good in sales." So I just carried on talking and building him up with that, and then. Your wife come with a few uh, message uh, words, but then you suddenly had a word of knowledge, didn't you? Yeah, you never know when you're going to have a word of knowledge. You doesn't. Know. God doesn't tell you ahead of time. No, he doesn't. So I was just talking to this young man, and I said, you know, I think you've you've done a great job with this. And then here's what I do, because this is the audacity yep, of yep. your host, Scott Gilbert. This is what I do. I said, you know, I'm a Christian. God shows me things about people because he loves you. Yep. And I feel like he's saying right now to you, having no idea what I'm going to say next. Yeah, I don't have anything in there already. I just make it clear. Hey, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. He shows me things about people because he loves you. Yeah. And I feel like he wants me to tell you, oh, And then I just talk. (laughs) And in this situation, I share with him, I said, I feel like the Lord is saying that he's given you an understanding of leadership where you can actually, you kind of stand back and you notice details about things. And even here in the the restaurant, you notice details about people. You notice details about the the store and what Mm -hmm. works and what doesn't. And he, and I I just let that hang and I see what happens. Yep. And And what did he say? And then he started going... You're so right. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I, yeah, I know that. Yeah. And, and wow, you know, and it's like everything was just affirming what you were saying. Right. And then you had a bit more knowledge, didn't you? 
Yeah, I said, I feel like God's saying that he's setting you in position of leadership where all these things that you've noticed, you're going to be in leadership. I don't know if it's in your own business Mm -hmm. or something like that, but I feel like the Lord is saying that I've given you these skill sets so that you can then be an encourager to other people. You're going to reach down and lift other young Mm -hmm. people up. As you're a little older, you get a little bit more experience, but you're going to give them vision and clarity, and you're going to help them be successful. Yeah, and it, again, and he, he was floored. Well, he was floored because he said, you know, you know, you're not the only person that says that to me. My boss says that to me. And then we just encouraged him. And then Scott just got up and said, can I just give a prayer blessing well, over your life? The cool thing, before we got to yeah, the I did, yeah. I asked to pray for him. But, but I always give a caveat, Pete, and I said this. I said, you know what? I don't know any of that. Yeah, that's this right. Is, this is the Lord. I don't know any of that. That's God. He loves you and he sees you. Yeah. And then I said this. Yeah, you did. And I said, hey, you know, Jesus loves you. He sees you. He's not mad at you about anything. And he said, he's not. He was stunned. He was. He just stopped in his tracks and he's like, what? What? He, he, he's not? Yeah. And I'm like, no, man, he loves you. You're worth the blood of Jesus. He sees you when you're completed. When yeah. he saw you from the beginning, mm-hmm. he loves you. And this guy starts to tear up. He's he like did. a 22, yep. four-year-old yep. young man. Yep. Yep. And it, it was an incredible um, moment. Yeah. And and then you had an opportunity to pray with him. And then as we're leaving, both Jim and Tom are going, guys, you are the best customers ever. You are just amazing. You've made our day. And all we did was just show love. Yeah. We didn't We didn't preach a gospel. No. Nope. We didn't say, uh, Matthew so-and-so says this, and no. I'm going to condemn your life because you feel like Not that. Ever. There was none of that going on no. at all, was there? It was just kind, encouraging words. Yeah. You let them know that God sees them, and he loves them, and yep. Jesus paid a price for them. And then I know yep. that those guys are going to be going home, and yep. they're going to be laying in their bed at night, falling asleep, and yep. they're going to process all yep. that. And that's when Holy Spirit is going to keep working. Or they're going to go home and talk to their parents, and they never get, you never guess what, Mum. Yeah. And that mum will say, well, you know, that that mum will probably reaffirm to Jim exactly what what you said, yeah. and it will just build them up as well, and that will encourage them for the rest of the week. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then we had another one last night, which was, that was that was a pretty cool one. Again, I don't know, I had this ministry to, like, wait staff or something. Yeah. Uh, we all go eat, right? Yeah. And um, generally, for me, it, back at home, whenever my wife go out and I go out to eat or when we're out with friends or whatever, when they bring the food, you know, they're, they're kind of setting plates, and they always say something like, is everything okay? Do you need anything? They always ask, a, they pose a question. And I always say, actually, yes. Mm. And then I get their attention, yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, no, is the food not hot enough, or you need a new drink, or whatever. I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. But, and I say, hey, we're about to pray for the food. Um, and I always love to pray for the wait staff because all my kids had your job, and I know that people yeah. are not always nice to you. Yeah. So is it okay? Uh, I'd love to pray a blessing over you also. Yeah, yeah. I've never had a wait staff person. Don't know. No. Yeah. Not one time. I've had them say yes and walk away. Yeah. They don't kind of know how to process it. But pretty much everyone, 90, 95%, like the, you know, will take off their hat, hold it over their chest, and yeah. bow their head at the well, table. And Jim, that's Jim, kind of what happened. Jim did, and so did the lady yesterday. They did, yeah. yeah. So yesterday we're at a pizza restaurant, 
great pizza, a little different than in the States, and we were with uh, the vicar of your church, that's yeah. a senior pastor. Uh, he's, he's very high up in the Church of England. He's lovely, spirit-filled man. Beautiful, beautiful human. And we're talking about activating his congregation and others to move in love evangelism and move in love just everywhere. And bef- before you carry on, um, I just want to explain that George has only ever witnessed me doing this stuff at the waiter's table and and in the street. So he thought, you know, oh, this is just something Pete does. Now, one of the things I prayed for yesterday, before we went out for a meal, there would be some engagement because I wanted my vicar to witness and hopefully encourage him to start Mm -hmm. being activated because he doesn't do it. Right. So... I, that's one of my prayers. So, Most pastors don't. No, no, exactly. Yeah. So, so sorry, sorry, uh, Scott, yeah, for getting. But that, that for me, that was a really important uh, time. And then all of a sudden, there was this moment where Scott does what he does, and and I would I would really like to encourage you all that if you suddenly are in the in that moment where you are sitting with someone or or chatting with someone, and a word comes in to your head. And you don't know where it's come from. I would honestly encourage you to push the door with it, mm-hmm. right? Because it may be something really weird, <laughs> all right? And and Scott will explain the example in a minute. But you suddenly go, really? You want me to say that? You know, because you're hearing this word, and then you push the door and you ask that person that word, and they go, hmm, yeah. Then you know you're on the right track. Sorry. So, so yeah, we had this waitress who was a lovely young woman. We didn't really connect with her much. It's kind of a loud restaurant. Couldn't talk that loud. But she's bringing the check at the end. And uh, so what I do, here's a little pro tip. What I do is in this situation like that, I will, like, look at the person. And in my head, I will say a thought prayer, yeah. something to the effect of, Lord, you love her. What do you have for her? While I'm looking at them, buzzing around the restaurant or whatever, Lord, you love that person. What do you have for them? And then I'll just get quiet and I'll listen in my heart and in my head. And very often something will just pop in there that I had not been thinking about. Yep. And so I did that. You did? And she came up a few minutes later and we're doing the bill and everything and yeah, it, it, it was pretty cool. I I just feel like the Lord dropped something to me. So I, I, I have to figure it out. I got to find out, is that me or is that you, Lord? Yeah. Right? Because the enemy still comes in, yep. always. He still comes in, has God truly said. Mm-hmm. He's going to call whatever you feel like is of the Lord into question. Yep. That's what he does. Has God truly said. That's just you. That's what we all say. Oh, that's just me. Well, I'll tell you, the only way to find out if that thing that's in you that just got dropped into your head is you or is of the Lord, the only way is to step out in risk and find out. So I did this. This is the way I do it. This is my intro. Hey, random question. That's the way I intro it. That's what I said to this girl last night. Hey, random question. Um, All right. I feel like, do you write? Are you like really creative? And she starts nodding and she's like, oh, yes, I, I do. I write. And 
And I and she gives me a little bit of data that I'm correct. And I said, and that's when I worked it. And I said, okay, full disclosure, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. He shows me things about people sometimes because he loves you. Yep. This isn't coming from me. This is from him. Yep. And then I just kept rolling. Yeah. So the first question he asked is, is it specifically art? And she said, yes. And and she said what she does, and, and she's, she's really creative in that kind of way. And she's she's trying to express her life because she's going through some moments at the moment she's really struggling with, she said. And then, and then, so she carried on kind of chatting. But then Scott goes, and this is where it knocked me for six, right? He goes, do you draw butterflies? And then she just started almost giggling, gigglingly out loud, going, yes, everything at a time, I draw butterflies in the corner. Cause, you know, and then Scott says, because butterflies represent transformation. She says, yeah, 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 yeah. And you could literally see the tears starting welling up on her eyes because she's going, how does he know this? This guy's from America. You know, and that's when Scott went, I'm not, you know, this is not me. I've come here from America to tell you this. You know, and, it, and that it, Jesus loves you, yeah. and that He sees you, yeah. and and then I just turn it back to Him. Yeah. So the Lord loved. I don't know any of this. He yeah. shows yeah. me this because He loves you and He sees you. Hey, I just feel like God is really saying to you yeah. when you're doing that art and you're mm-hmm. moving in that, and it brings such joy to you. That's actually your heavenly Father's yeah. joy. He's the Creator, yeah. and He loves it when you move yeah. in that. So maybe yeah. there have been people that have told you, "Hey, put that art stuff down. Get a real job." Don't do it. I want to tell you that makes your father so pleased. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. And and I'm sh- I, I, I I come out after that restaurant and I said Scott butterflies. <laughs> Where was that? Yeah. Was like... So so again, I would encourage you that you may think that's that no butterflies or it could be something else. Push the door because the worst per- the worst thing that the person's going to go is no. Yeah. You go okay, maybe that wasn't for you. Right. And then maybe you may get another word come up, and you may suddenly because that butterfly could have been the enemy, mm-hmm. right? And of course he's trying to catch you out. Yeah. It's right? a battle. This is you know moving in prophetic is warfare. Yeah. We're destroying the enemy's kingdom and he's gonna try to throw up sand. Yeah. But if you just keep staying in love, yeah. you know, even if you get a little sidetracked or something, just stay in love, yeah. the Holy Spirit will inhabit that. I've seen it over and over. And you then know. and then the more you push that door, the more you become courageous mm-hmm. and you'll say that word. And if it's wrong, just take it. Just go, okay, sorry. And then just carry on. And then if suddenly you lose your thread, so, you know, just go into a prayer blessing. Yeah. Um, but no one will ever know that you're wrong. They're not going to know that that wasn't a word for you or, or, that, or, or anything. The fact of the matter is you have to push that because the more you push it, the more you will know it's of God and yeah. not of the enemy. Yeah, here's what I found. Everybody says, Lord, tell me what to say, and I'll go talk to that person. Yeah. I believe the Lord is saying, no, go start talking to that person, and I'll fill your mouth. It's the same thought pattern of, Lord, if you give us the extra money, we'll give it to missions. 
Well, we all know that's not the way. Where he's the opposite of that, right? Mm-hmm. The Lord says, "No, go give out of your need to missions, and I'll backfill mm-hmm. it." It's the same thing with ministry. You're not gonna feel confident if you're waiting to feel confident. You'll never step out. Yep. You, faith looks like stepping out yep. when you're not confident. Yep. Because it's not about you. It's about what the Lord is going to do through you. you got to get you out of the way. So I'm just a little bit more audacious about it. But the the rest of the story with the waitress last night was she's just giggling when I was was telling me about the butterflies and how much she's, you know, that that matters to her. But, Scott, we we do need to talk because we are getting quite close on time about taking a toll. We will. We'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I end with this waitress and I just say, hey, can I can I just pray a blessing on you real quick? Well, yeah. after we've had that much interaction, she was absolutely open. Mm-hmm. Her name was Elizabeth. Yeah. She gives me a hand right there in the restaurant. You know, this is the UK. This is not common. Yeah. And I was just able to pray, Lord, you'd see Elizabeth. You love her. Would you just continue to pour down creative thoughts and ideas in her head that she would know that you love her and that you see her. I speak life into everything she lays her hand to in Jesus name. Amen. 10 seconds. Yep. And that was a difference was made. It was, yeah. We're going to come into the, just the, the, about the last 10 minutes. And this is the exciting part. We're kind of yep, building to yep, the climax, yep. Pete, you know, you're listening to the firestorm live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert, and it's our honor to equip and encourage and really provoke yeah the body of Christ, to step into love evangelism, step into being loved, touch the world around you every day, everywhere Mm -hmm. you go. It's so thrilling and activating and exciting and adventurous. You know, the Firestorm broadcast, we are a nonprofit ministry like all the others. We are listener supported. It really matters. So if this is something that is ministering to you and encouraging you, We just want you to know you can find out more about us on firestormunited.org. That's our website. See old shows. Uh, Also on Firestorm United on Facebook. You can see our smiling faces on the live stream, YouTube, elsewhere. But, hey, it's really about you, though. We want to encourage and equip you. And I think, Pete, in the last few minutes, let's talk about taking a toll and what's happened here in your village and what we did about it. Well, um, I live, although I have a big town called Allshire, I live in a small village. Scott thinks it's a shire, but it's not. It's a shire. <laughs> um, it's, it's a small village, and within that village, we, ha- we know it's a very small community, and everybody knows everyone in that community. Mm-hmm. And recently, we've had uh, three very tragic events. The first one was about two weeks ago, where there was uh, eight... Uh, young teenagers of 18 in a car that got involved in an accident. Three, uh, one of them died and two are in a very serious condition and the others are su- suffering from various traumatic uh, mm-hmm. mental health issues. Um, so that's, that was the first thing. Within literally the following day, that, that evening, uh, a young girl of 15 uh, committed suicide by jumping off a local uh, freeway bridge near us and uh, she died. And then uh, last weekend, there was a, a fatal stabbing um, in in an alleyway, which is literally, uh, you could almost touch it from my house. And because of the village being so small, we are really grieving as a village. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, I knew Scott was coming over and I have a friend Alex in our street who is a Christian and we both um, are really passionate about stepping out. So today I, uh, well, I, I mentioned it to Scott and we said, right, we're going to go out and we're going to take a toll. Taking a toll. Yep. We make the enemy pay. Yep. We go to the spot wherever any of these things happen that yep. brings him glory, mm-hmm. you know, death, misery, suicide. These are things that this is what the enemy lives off of. Yeah. And we go to those spots, which we did tonight, and we pray. Yep. And we don't just pray over the earth. Yep. But we try to pray for people because yep. Jesus loves people. So we pray for people. We pray for the presence of the Lord to touch people. We yep. see people healed, saved, delivered on those locations. Yep. We make the enemy pay. Yep. Now, unfortunately, the village is really quiet. Mm. Now, what would normally happen is if we're in that spot where that thing has happened and someone was to walk by, an individual that's not part of our group we would say, can we pray for you? You know, and, and try and pray into their life as a, uh, a Christian, and and just work in their life, and that's us saying to the enemy, the more damage you do, the more we're going to pray for God to change this world. We're going to hurt him. We're going to hurt him. We are going to say, you are not welcome in any part of this place. You know, and that is taking a toll. Now, I would strongly say that if you're ever struggling, go out. So, a good example is if you're if you're ill. Right. Within our church, we have a thing called a prayer tree. Mm-hmm. So what happens in, in our church is you go, oh, I'm sick. Can you pray for me? Stop that right now. <laughs> right. Stop that right now. Stop the prayer chain. <laughs> Stop the prayer chain and tell your wife if she's a Christian or, or yourself, if it's if it's one of your members, of your family, say, I am going out and taking a toll. Yeah. And then finding three people, mm-hmm. three people and saying, right, I'm going to pray with these people, and say, if you keep making my wife ill, I'm going to keep going out and praying for three people. Yeah. Every day. If that's what it takes, every day. Yeah. And you see how quickly the illness will change. Yeah. I did that exact thing. We were at a hotel in Washington, D.C. My wife never gets sick. She woke up sniffly and snuffly, and it was a couple years ago. And as we're checking out, I said to the bellman yep. or the maitre d' or whoever was checking us out, I said, hey, just a thing I do. My, you know, my wife's got a cold. She's feeling really gross, throat, snuff, all this. And I said, hey, a thing. And he's like, oh, you know, he's concerned, like I'm going to complain. I said, no, hey, a thing that I do is I want to hit back. So can I just pray a blessing on you and your family yep. while my wife is sick? Because that's the way I yep. make, you know, I make, I, I don't know if I said the enemy pay, but something like that. The guy totally received, prayed for his knee, pain in his knee goes away. He tells me about his wife, his kids, all of this. They share. It's a really cool opportunity to turn things around. So, yeah, you are coming into the home stretch on the Firestorm Live broadcast. My guest tonight is my friend Pete Hawkins coming to you from across the pond in the United Kingdom. Pete, we're so thankful for the time. Thank you. Thank you for any any last words. we got about a minute, uh, a little bit more than a minute. Well, it's been great talking to you, Scott. Again, I will say, please keep tuning into Firestorm. Scott is an amazing encourager. I mean, we've been friends for three years, and we encourage each other over Zoom, WhatsApp. I mean, we you looked at the phone the other day, didn't you? And he scrolled through about 15 pages on WhatsApp, and every call was either you ringing me or me ringing you. And we encourage each other. 
And that's what I mean. If you can get in partnership with someone else, that is going to really help you because Scott is on the other side of the pond mm. and all the time he's encouraging me to get out. And, and there's times when Scott's been struggling and I go, Scott, you need to get out. Yeah. You know, I mean, before this pandemic started, we thought our business would be over. Mm-hmm. But we encourage each other and we are here with no problems with that. You know, we, our business Amazing. is flourishing. Yeah. So the Firestorm Live broadcast is here to encourage you. You can connect with us. Check us out, firestormunited.org. You can still find us on Facebook. We had a little hiccup a couple weeks ago when they blew up, but we're back. Firestorm Live on Firestorm United Facebook. And we're thankful for you. Have a blessed week, and we'll be back next week, back on the other side of the Atlantic. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible.